Hey, it's Chef Chris Santos from Food Network's Chops. If you might not know, I'm a huge metalhead too. I'm also middle-aged, and you are listening right now to Middle-Aged Metalheads. Well, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Middle-Aged Metalheads. Uh, my name is Colin Bossler. I'm here with David Timoney, yep. John Harden, and Michael hey. Stamps calling in from Iowa. And I am really, really, really excited tonight to have Chef Chris Santos on the program with us. Uh, welcome, Chef. What's really up? Very honored for you to be here. And if you don't mind, let me give you a real quick background on how all of us got this put together. So uh, on occasion, uh, Chef, we bring a band onto our show and Capra did our show about uh, two, three months ago, and they were wonderful. Great, great folks. Had a great conversation with them. We were done and David did a little bit of research and he said, did you know that the label that they're on is owned by Chris Santos? And I said, what do you, what are we talking about? I, obviously you're very famous from all the cooking shows yep. and everything on Food Network. And I said, no, I had no idea that he had branched off into metal. And so David was uh, willing to reach out to you. You were on again, blew my mind. Really excited to have you here. So if you don't mind, I'm going to start with just asking you from food to metal What's the connection? What's your history there? Uh, how yeah. did you start the idea of owning a label? Yeah, so uh, I've always been, a, I've been a metalhead since I can remember. I mean, my entry into it was, I mean, I was probably about six or seven. And, um, you know, my brother's, my, my older brother had like Kiss Alive too. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, first Kiss reference. I, I don't there know. I don't know. Middle aged metalheads here, but, I, but, I'm, but I'm 50. I think that's about middle age these days. Yeah. Um, I'm 50. And, uh, John's but 50. then, yeah. So then, but then uh, when, when I got to be a little bit older, uh, I was about 12, I want to say, um, a girl from the neighborhood that I had a crush on who was a metalhead um, turned me on to Merciful Fate and that changed everything. And then, so, but I just, I love metal. And so I really, I, I became a hardcore fan of, of all genres. Um, I grew up, you know, kind of in a great time because in 85, 86, when I was 14, 15, you know, Metallica and Slayer were coming out with, you know, Master, you know, Ride Lightning and Master of the Puppets and so, you know, all those great records by Slayer. But, um, but also Motley Crue was, was popping and everybody else. And, and, I, and it was funny because it's in, in our, in our like high school and stuff, it was like, you could only be, you could only like thrash or you could only like, you know, the, the hair metal or whatever. And I, oh, yeah. I loved it all. You know, um, I started playing drums. I have a drum kit behind me that, um, oh, yeah. you know, I've been a mediocre player for now going on 35 years um but i just loved it um and and i started cooking as a means to an end i remember being about um again about 14 or so and entering high school and noticing two things really quickly um the guys who were in the bands and the guys who had cars were the guys who got the girls so oh, yeah. i went home and told my mother i remember walking in one day and just kind of like like my hands on my hips being like when I turn 16, I need a car and I need a drum set immediately. And she was like, well, then I bet you better get a job, man. <laughs> so, uh, so I got it. So I got a job as a, as a dishwasher and, um, you know, that there was an experience there that kind of led me to being a chef, which is that I, I got injured on the job. And um, but regardless, the, 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 the chef quit and he was replaced by another chef who took me under his wing and um, and, uh, you know, kind of exposed me a little bit to a different side of food. And I've, I've always, I love to cook, but I also, but I love to eat. Um, and so one of the reasons why I'm a chef is because I, just my love of food. Um, and so without boring you with all that kind of stuff, um, you know, went to culinary school, went to Europe for a while and, and moved to New York and just really fell in love with food. But metal's always been there. Metal's always been my soundtrack. Um, it's, it's always on in the kitchen. Um, you know, like I said, I've been, I've played in a couple bands, nothing, you know, nothing at all significant, but um, just to have fun. But, um, but when I was a kid, and this is kind of a long-winded answer, but when I was a kid, um, I, you know, before I was 16, 
I lived in, I grew up in Rhode Island. I don't know where you all are from, but I grew up in Rhode Island, which is a really tiny state. And I grew up in a small town and I would take the bus every Saturday to Providence uh, and buy all the records that had just come out on Friday, the day before. And at that time, um, you know, it was like when Flotsam and Jetsam's Doomsday for Siva came out and, but like all the real heavy stuff was coming out on Metal Blade or like combat records or whatever. But Metal Blade is a label that I knew about when I was 15, 14, 15 years old. Mm -hmm. Brian Slagle started Metal Blade and is, um, you know, uh, helped give Motley Crue their start. He's very much credited with with discovering uh, Metallica and giving them a big break as well as Slayer. So he's become a legend in in the metal world. And so Metal Blade Records is now 38 years old. Uh, They're the largest independent metal label in the world. And um, I knew who he was. And so I started a fanzine when I was about 16 because I knew about his fanzine and, uh, you know, interviewed Testament and nuclear assault and Voivod when I was like 16 years old. I still have the, I still have my notebook and my cassette tapes from, from back in the day of those interviews. But then I, over, over the course of years, my restaurants started to become, um, you know, known for like, if you're in a metal band and you're touring and you have, you have the night off, you know, you go to a Chris Santos restaurant, he'll take care of you. And then that got even bigger in 2013. I started working for Jägermeister and they put me, they gave me my own tour bus and they put me on the mayhem festival. Um, and so I was, you know, for a couple of weeks, I was on the Mayhem Festival with Machine Head and Amana Marth and Rob Zombie. And um, basically, I would cook barbecues uh, at midnight for all the bands and their crew. Um, I would do some stuff, for, some fan stuff, you know, some meet and greets with fans. Every now and then, I do a special VIP dinner for like one of the bands, like Five Finger Death Punch or whatever. Um, and I became really, through this whole process, I became good friends with a lot of, you know, I guess you would call them A list rock stars and i became friends with johan from amana marth and i became friends with carrie king from slayer and they're both very very close friends with brian slagle and brian didn't know me at all and they somehow brian's a big wine and food guy so they were surprised that that we didn't know each other so johan introduced me to brian slagle at a slayer show at madison square garden and we like instantly became friends and um, like best friends. And it was funny because I, you know, know who he was when I was a teenager and I'm meeting him when I'm in my mid forties. And so he is a big wine guy. And so a lot of, a lot of times, you know, he'd come to my restaurant or whatever, and then we'd head back to my apartment in New York city and he'd bring a bottle of wine and we, I, we'd listen to metal and I would, I would play stuff for him. And he started signing bands that I was showing him. So he signed like harm's <laughs> way. He signed this uh, instrumental metal band called if these trees could talk. Um, Candiria did a reunion. I'm friends with those guys. I kind of put a dinner together and they did that record. Uh, this band mother feather, that's more of like a rock band. But, um, after like four or five bands, he said, you know, this is ridiculous. Like you should, we should do a label. You got great ears. And I, I was like, I don't have any time to do a label. Give me a break. And, uh, he, you know, he was, he was persistent though. And, and, and said, we'll do the heavy lifting or whatever. And so finally I, I said, what, well, yeah, why not? And so we, we launched that and it was pretty cool because the wall street journal broke the story that I was starting a, a record label. And I don't think the wall street journal typically covers metal, but because of, I guess, really? because I'm on food network, they found an interest <laughs> in it. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and we launched in 2017. Uh, it's been a slow burn. We've got about 12 bands on the label now. Um, really some great bands that we've just recently signed that um, some I can talk about some we haven't announced yet, but um, we're definitely picking up, uh, picking up, um, what am I trying to say? We got we got great bands, um, and you know the pandemic kind of slowed everything down a little bit, but it's okay. Um, you know, it's allowing us to really sort of pick and choose. And and I just really the the cool thing about Blacklight Media is that I really do get to choose the bands that I love. I mean, 
Metal Blade gets very much. If I if there's a band that I love, I take it to to um, Brian. I take it to a couple of key people. Um, if they are also digging it, then we kind of then kind of everybody at Metal Blade listens to it. And it is a group decision at the end of the day. But but it starts with me saying, "Hey, I, I found this band," and I mean that's been a hobby of mine, anyways. Before I had the label, sorry, I can I can ramble forever. Right? This might be the, this might be the only question you get in. Um, um, uh, keep going. Keep before going. I had the label, you know, a way I would unwind after work would be to come home and pour myself a whiskey and you know go down a rabbit hole of like, okay, well I like Gojira, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go to their to YouTube or or Apple Music or Spotify and and go scroll down to like you know if you like this you'll like this and if you like that you'll like this and you know nine degrees removed from, from the first Gojira video. I'm, I'm listening to a band I've never heard of before. And, um, and so I, I kind of, I kind of try to find bands that I love that I obviously think have talent and can, uh, you know, can be successful, but also a big part of it is, you know, I organically want bands that I love to get as much, you know, as many ears to listen to them as possible. So I, the best way to do that was to take them up on his offer and open up a, a start a label. So, Yeah. What that's amazing. That's a yeah. wonderful story, though. That's fantastic. It's really cool. It's really, as a matter of fact, we just Sunday night, excuse me, two nights ago, I had dinner with Brian and Kerry and, in Vegas. And um, Brian took me to the Metal Blade Museum, which I'd never been to. And he took me. He's got a music house. It's wait, really, wait, wait. With, with the Metal Blade Museum, that's yeah, a thing. That's a thing. So there's three things um, in Vegas. In Vegas? The Metal Blade store. There's a Metal Blade Museum. And then Brian has, uh, it's not uh, for public, it's, he has a music house, exactly what it sounds like. He bought a house and it's filled with music memorabilia. He's got an Iron <laughs> Maiden room. He's got a Slayer room. Like, I was, wait, I was wait, just so in, does he keep Kerry King in that Slayer room? I'm not sure if he's got a full Slayer room. There's Slayer stuff everywhere. Is, is, is this open to the public? or It's not. It's in? not. It's not. I was, so, I, I was completely floored because i have a lot of memories so, it's, so it's not a museum museum it's like this is well, the museum the museum's open to the public yeah there okay, is a museum okay. that's open to the public and then there's his own personal private collection which is okay. just his i mean mike, the guy's got mike more is just looking now. for a reason to escape iowa right now <laughs> i was i was yeah, just yeah, in no. vegas had i known this i would have stayed in vegas a couple more days I just hey man it's right? still there yeah. Back on the plane. Back on the plane. There's a metal blade store at the Antique Mall of America, which is on the strip or right off the strip, I guess. And um, they have what's cool about that is it's a lot of really old, hard to find stuff that you Ooh. can. Yeah. So it's pretty okay. cool. Okay. And there's there's also a museum. Is this like in North Vegas? Um. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes I don't sense. Know. Sure. Free, free, near such a thing as North shit? Vegas. Uh, yeah, no, it's not all the way far the downtown. I think it's, I, I can't, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, is it near the Luxor or is uh, it it's near down, the, it's, the stratosphere? It's, no, it's down past the, the museum is down past the wind. It's closer to the wind. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, so it exists. So like everybody could like GPS this. So yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. Exists. No, I mean, yeah, you could put it, you can Google it. It's, it's a, it's a viable thing. I do think he's got it closed right now because of, um, you know, pandemic and everything, but it was right. open and it will reopen. Um, yeah, that's super cool. I had no idea that existed. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, we're, we're, of course, of course, it was launched right when the pandemic hit, so they had right. big plans for it. And then, you know, hey, the world hey, guys, if I can go, I wanted to ask Chef. Chef, we have talked to to bands who come on here, and it seems like every answer is different. Rarely do we get to talk to someone on the label side. You know, back in the day, it seemed that that bands would tour in order to support a record. 
these days they put out a record in order to be able to go out on tour. How do you see a label's part in a, in a band's career in 2021? I mean, really it's getting the word out, you know, it's getting, it's, it's awareness. It's all about awareness now because, you know, the the landscape has changed so much. It's so competitive. Um, You know, there's so many great metal bands out today. Um, You know, the, 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 the music has changed a little bit, um, but there's really like, there's just so much out there. And so to, to get heard is very difficult. It's just really, really difficult. And so there's no really, there's no magic potion, but what, what I think metal blade does really well. And what, you know, and I'm to be totally honest with you, I'm still learning, you know, I'm, I have, um, I have a lot of responsibility in the restaurant world and the TV and with the TV show. And I've got other projects um, that I do, um, which we can talk about or not. So that, you know, they really do a lot of the heavy lifting. So I'm, I'm still learning a lot of the stuff, but one of the things that they do really well is just, you know, you know, we, they make really smart decisions regarding getting, getting the word out. Um, I think metal blade and their bands and their roster and certainly blacklights roster. Um, we make really amazing. The bands make really amazing videos, um, which can really drive viewers, which then drive, you know, listeners, which, you know, um, is very important. Um, you know, because that's how a lot of how, how we're getting paid these days is how many streams you get and whatnot. Um, and, you know, in an age where music video is dead and it's not that it's not the eighties anymore, um, the quality of um, of the videos that I think our bands are putting out and that we help them put out vis-a-vis helping them with whether it's the story of the video or the budget, what you know, is that we really get behind that and and associate that, you know, so much of metal music is is visual, right? You know what I mean? When you go, when you go to a, a nightclub in Vegas, of which I own several that do this, and you go to see a DJ, like if that DJ is just not moving, nothing's happening. But if that DJ is jumping up and down and going crazy, the whole room's going crazy. But with metal, it's almost like it's it's that's a prerequisite. It's like it's it's so much theater, right? Metal is theater. And so I think Metal Blade and Blacklight, we know that. And so we really encourage our bands to be without, you know, being completely true to themselves. But let's push the envelope on, you know, creatively on how we can visually um, get you out there as well as just having people listen to you. I don't know if that's a good answer or not, but that's that's what I got. It is. And and like I said, I think it's going to you're going to get a different answer from every person you talk to in the music industry these days. So it's it's nice to get a label perspective on that and nice to hear that you consider video still a vital part of a band's progression and an album's release. And I, by well, the way, you know, John, I think John's a video producer, so he's. Uh... Oh, I, you know what, I John used to be a video producer back when there were music video budgets. Like, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I just you know, think I, I, this... I produced pop music videos all throughout the two thousands, and oh, so cool. yeah, I like you know some of the guys that would like intersect with your artists would be like Wayne Isham and Dean Carr, like you know guys that were entrenched in the metal scene back right, then. Right. Um, yeah, I think the pandemic was very important. You know, there was, you know, how do you, how do you connect with your fans? And so obviously live streams were, were, were that, but I think music video was, was that as well. Um, so many people were stuck at home and, and seeing bands, um, you know, even just my, even friends of mine who support me and support the bands. I, I, one of my best friends, we have a band on the label called fight the fight from Norway. They're, they're great. Uh, unfortunately they released their first record with us like in March of 2020. Um, but, um, but you know, but, but, my friend loved the record and you know it's heavy it's like metalcore it's heavy and he's working out to it and he's texting me all day you know this record is so good this record is so good 
And then the pandemic kind of hit. And then one day out of the blue, like months later, I got a text and he's like, yo, I'm checking out all these fight to fight videos. These guys are so cool. They've got such a great image. These videos are so great. And it's like, I was like, you never saw the videos? And he's just like, no, you know? And that's kind of you. And that's kind of going back to the last question is, you know, hosting on social media, using social media to say, hey, there's a really cool video. Go check it out. And, you know, I think a lot of bands can, a lot of a lot of people can be interested in something on a listen, but when you, when you, when you can see it as well, um, I think you have a better chance of capturing that fan. Yeah. So, like on that question there, Chris, when you when you, when you talk about like you know you start from like Gojira and you're like then you get down to like the seventh level sort of like layer where it's like oh you might also be interested in this. But do you feel like it's part of like the label's responsibility is to like sort of like jigger the algorithm to like get your band a little more play because we know like uh well because there's been like these hearings and stuff about like what google and and, and yeah. facebook do in terms of like how you get your stuff like front loaded is, is, do you guys have like a, a sort of marketing or media strategy for that to like get, uh, you know get your stuff sort of like front listed or I'm sh I'm sure that there's something that I don't know that Metal Blade is doing to, to get the word out there. Um, I think one of the things we still do is where both Metal Blade, because Metal Blade is 30 years old, and because Blacklight is such a grassroots kind of um, label, I think one of the things we do is we still kick it old school in the sense that we use relationships. Um, you know, we have great relationships with people at you know at Apple Music, for instance, or uh, Sirius XM. You know, I'm really good friends with like Jose from Sirius, and well, I'm good friends with all of them, Shannon Guns, Katie. Um, and so, yeah, do I call them up and say, I've got this great band I just signed, and when the time comes, I'd love it if you support them and throw a single on the radio. And of course, they're not going to do it if they don't like it, but typically they do. And, um, you know, so I, I think that's, you know, for me, the algorithm is still the old school networking and, yeah. and, and, and building and maintaining relationships and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely not the days of like tape trading. Yeah. Or, or or stuff like that, but it's like the yeah, algorithm. It's like it's like you could like press like Capra, and then like the next band is like not somebody who's on the black light media. It's like I don't know who this band is, and it somehow they like sort of like jumped your your spot in line in a way because they got the algorithmic sort of advantage in a way. How did you? By the way, speaking of, of Capra, how did you guys come to find them? How'd they come? To be David. You know, it's, I was sitting, I never do this because I hate, I hate the radio and anything like radio, right? I, I, I make playlists and I pick my music and I don't like randomness at all, but somehow I put a song on and had some checkbox selected that it just rolled into the next song, into the next song, into the next song. And somewhere along the way. Um, yep. a Capra tune popped on. It was their single uh, Locust Preacher. Preacher. Yep. And I yep. just stopped what I was doing and I was like, I have to know who this is. And I ran over and I saw the name and I clicked and they only had like two songs available on like a five song release or something. And I shot these guys all the link. I'm like, you got to hear this. This is yep. amazing. I'm, I'm a sucker for a female singer in a metal band. Yep and just the intensity of the vocals and it was like this perfect blend of like that hardcore attitude but very much like metal production and in your face i was like we got a contact and i saw they had a soundcloud i'm like if they have a soundcloud they'll probably answer an email <laughs> and uh no and they came on and they're freaking charming and amazing people on top of being 
killer, killer musicians. Um, yeah, they are. We're so excited for them. They're doing great. They're holy really hell. Cool. They're coming to Philly in October at, to Ortlieb's, yeah. which is like this small little venue. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually, so they're playing in, uh, I'll be in, I'm in LA right now, but I'm going to be in Brooklyn. And I think they've asked me and, and Matt Bacon, who is um, kind of helps us a lot with the label. And he's my, I have, we also have a podcast called Delirious Nomads and that's my co-host. Um, and, uh, Armored Saint reference. Exactly, exactly. Um, I have a factory, have a factory sealed uh, Delirious Nomads cassette right there, and I know all those guys. So um, when I was trying to come up with a name for the podcast, I was like, you know, I'm going to be mostly interviewing touring musicians, um, and they're nomadic by nature. And um, having been a t- on a tour or two myself, I know what it's like to be delirious on tour. So it all made sense. And I called the guys. I was like, hey, do you mind if we? And they were like, they, they were very happy that I asked permission. But they were like, of course. Um, but uh, Capper has done really well. You know, we did vinyl pre-sale. We sold everything out. Uh, they're playing in Brooklyn, I guess, a night or two before Philly. Yeah. And they've asked me and my, my partner, Matt, to come up and do the male vocal in, on the song Mutt, which is going to be I can't sing for fuck, so. Or, yeah. wait, can I swear on this thing? Yeah, yeah of course you can. They do it all yeah, the time. I can't, I, can't, I can't sing at all, so that should be interesting. Well, I'll tell you what. You hit the Brooklyn show and then roll down to Philly. I might. And, I might. Uh, I'll, we'll, we'll take you out for some food. I'll take you. I'll take you some. What's of the, the date? Do you know? It's ten twenty-two. It's possible. It's I'm a Friday. Around, uh, I'm going to be around New York that time. Around that yeah, because it's. Um, I'll, I'll take you to some. I'll, I'll take you some. Some of the best boxing trainers in the country. Oh, here nice. in Philly. <laughs> um, which which is going to drag me in. I'm going to jump jump the line here. I mean, I, I hate to say it. I, I'm not tugging on your balls here, but I mean, you're like a Renaissance man. Right, I mean, you do music. You're a chef. You do boxing. You got businesses. You do TV. What? Now, now I find out you got a podcast. I don't know if I was supposed to know that already. <laughs> I mean, aside from being, and I think this is very common for metal folks. You know, I have this. I have this uh, saying that's you know, death by ambition. Dying mm. or don't bother dying at all. Um, what? In the world else, are you going to fill your time with? What are the things that have really got your passions going? And do you have enough time to do? Are you doing everything you want to do? And what else are you doing? Pretty much. I mean, so the boxing thing, you know, I, I, I've always, um, I started late. And so um, that's the story there. But I love it. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a hardcore hardcore boxing fan like i know more about boxing than i probably do about metal and i know a lot about metal um i started watching fights on my grandfather's knee when i was a kid and um you know uh i just love it i i know that the listeners can't see this at home but behind me i've got these lockers inside each of those lockers is about 100 boxing magazines and in total i've got probably about three thousand that date back to the 1920s wow i've got over ten thousand foot boxing matches on DVD. Um, and I started boxing in the nineties at Gleason's gym in Brooklyn, which is a pretty famous gym. And I did that for 15 years and I sparred with some really, you know, well-known fighters and I was very good. Um, quite frankly, I mean, I, I could, I could handle myself in the ring with pros. Um, but in 2010, uh, I broke my ribs and my, and, um, a bone in my hand, like just a couple of weeks before I was opening a restaurant and it was just bad timing. And I decided to take a year off to, um, to just recover. I was getting, I was in the gym so much. I was getting cortisone shots and my rotator cuffs. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was training like a fighter in the morning, every five days a week. And my body was just breaking down. And so I stopped in 2010 and I woke up in 2019, 55 pounds heavier. And, um, 
And so I joined, I'm, I'm being trained by Freddie Roach at Wildcard Boxing Gym. That's amazing. Manny Pacquiao's trainer. I've actually been in, in and around Manny Pacquiao's camp for the last six weeks, um, which is really, which, which is fun. Um, it's cool because I'm like the only non-pro fighter in the pro gym. So if you, if you don't work hard, you're just in their way. You know, I yeah. mean, these are guys oh, yeah. that are getting Absolutely. ready to fight, you know, and, and so it's really, it's, it's worked. I've lost about 30 pounds. I got another 20 to go. Um, I work hard there. Um, I just started sparring again. I don't know how much I'm going to go and get to that. I am 50 after all, but, but I love it. So I love boxing. So I got to do something with that. I have, a, I have a home fitness product that I co-founded um, with a guy named Brian Padone called quiet punch. I'm going to shill here. It's called quietpunch.com. It's a yeah. really cool, very portable, lightweight, inexpensive, um, punching bag for people who don't have room or don't, don't want a 300 pound thing. It's very cool for travelers. Um, and you can also, it's got sensors in there so you can compete against other people. Um, but yeah, so I love that. Um, I love hot sauce. So I launched, you know, I have a hot sauce and a barbecue sauce. Um, I work with the Jägermeister. I've been working with the Jägermeister since 2013 doing brand ambassador stuff, which I started doing a lot of metal stuff with them. Um, they've moved away from that a little bit. Uh, I think the only thing that's missing is I really want to get involved in the, the festival circuit. Um, all the Danny Wimmer festivals, like, you know, Aftershock and Louder Than Life. I, I've, we've been, him and I have been talking for years about me getting involved on some level, um, whether kind of like what I did when I, when I did the Mayhem Festival, you know, whether it's cooking for the bands, doing barbecues for the bands, whether it's doing something for the fans with some musicians, you know, like meet and greets, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get to meet somebody in a, you know, a huge band. And also it's a barbecue by Chef Chris Santos kind of a thing. Um, so I definitely want to do that at some point. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, no, I'm going to start, I'm going to start slowing down shortly. I think, I don't know. I, I've been saying that for a few years. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lie. <laughs> so, like, like, you say that after like a very exhaustive list of like ambitious <laughs> things, there's just like, they're just so impressive. So yeah, you know right. what? It keeps me out of trouble. The more work that I do, the less, the less time I have to go, you know, idle time. What does they really say? Uh, idle time is the devil's idle, playground or whatever hands are the devil's I, I, workshop or yeah, something yeah. like that yeah something like that how how often do you get to see your bands or any live shows chef are you going out and then seeing a lot of your bands and saying hi and checking in i'm just gonna say yes because the answer is no because of the pandemic but in a normal in a normal life setting i go to as many shows as i possibly can um and i'm 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 very fortunate at this point in my life where if a band is playing if you know if, if i can't see a band I, you know, I live in Los Angeles. I spend a lot of time in New York and Vegas, but if I can't, you know, if a band's playing in LA and I just can't be there because I'm working or whatever, or I'm shooting food network in Knoxville, um, I'm lucky that I can hop a plane and, and go catch them somewhere else. And so I'm really blessed in that sense. And I'll do stuff like that. If I, if I want to see a band bad enough, I'll travel to see them. Um, I love live music. I love metal, especially kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It's the theatrics of it too, you know, um, really is, is, is just so great. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to go back out and see bands. It's just, it's just, it's just a weird time right now. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that these festivals um, don't get canceled, but, um, but if they do, I understand, you know, it looks like we're all of a sudden going in the wrong direction again, but, but uh, I'm looking forward to, to, you know, you can't socially distance in a pit, you know what I mean? And so I'm getting, I'm looking forward to when we don't have to socially distance. It defeats the purpose. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. And I love small shows. I love shows at little venues. Like in Brooklyn, if you're familiar, there's a, a venue called St. Vitus and another mm -hmm. venue called Lucky 13. I mean, they're tiny. Uh, I love the magic that happens in a, you know, a small club show environment. So it's not just the arena stuff. You know, I love it all. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What, do you remember the last show you saw before, before everything locked down? 
yeah, kiss, um, uh, uh, um, kiss on at the Staples Center here um, was on March fifth of twenty twenty. I'm actually friends with with, with uh, some of the guys in the band there, and so they were very nice and gracious. And we went backstage, and we were talking about how this COVID thing was just starting. We were talking about it, and I was asking, you know, Paul Stanley if if he thought it was going to affect the tour at all. And then I flew home, and three days later, I was COVID positive, and I was sick in bed for five oh, weeks. No. Oh no! Um, and my my wife was with me at the five show, weeks. but she stayed. In LA, and she didn't get it, so I must have gotten it on the flight going back east or something. I don't know, but I was just, sick. just the answer. Week. Kiss provides you a safe space here anytime you need it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and then what's funny is uh, they not only was it the last show that I saw, but then they for the Tribeca Film Festival in New York, their documentary was screened, and they played just a five song set at Battery Park. They basically just blew up a bunch of shit, but um, but that was like in uh, why you use Kiss? That was like in June of this year. So I, the last show I had seen was Kiss, and then the first show I saw coming out was Kiss. That's cool. Um, but I haven't seen anything else uh, really yet. Um, everything that I've been trying to see has been canceled. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, honestly, like I've got Avatar on uh, October sixth here. Possibly a couple festivals if they if they go through, um, and then I am going to see Dokken at the Whiskey um, in December, which I'm wow. very excited about. Talk about middle age okay. guy. Dokken's my there you go. favorite bands of all time, and I never seen uh, them. I'll be back. So. Right. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. David has to go take a dub right now. Is that is that one of the shows they're playing with Lynch Mob and Toe to where they get the yeah, crossover? That's yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. David, it's, it's it, do- David. it doubles the audience if they bring the Lynch Mob. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're not a hair metal guy, I'm guessing, David. I love He's hair the metal. Only one. I just can't get yeah. I can't get Dokken. I've never understood anyone's oh, really? love for Dokken. Yeah. 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 It's we, just we it, we, I've tried. Also, since the introduction of this of this uh, podcast, we've introduced David to such great metal artists as Iron Maiden and Dio. <laughs> so, don't, don't, so, 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 Chris, don't think that like. Yeah, it's, I it's mean, not, Chris, I, I, I made my bones on you know on Celtic Frost and yes. Death, and you know that's Celtic Frost is my favorite band. I probably bring it up once an episode. It's my favorite band of all time. I love them. And I was them. in, I was in Ireland when I they saw them were at BB Kings in New York. Imagine yeah. them playing BB um, Kings Club. That's <laughs> I need. I yeah. I those are the kind of pictures I need in my mind. But I was I was in Ireland visiting some family and. Celtic Frost or Trypticon was in Philadelphia doing their entire mass. And I'm sitting in Donegal going, could I get to Dublin and back to Philly in right. time and have it make yeah. it worth it's it? Like, There's the, no the, way I could do it. Uh, but I was of, all, of all times to leave Philadelphia. It's That's right. That's right. So I, wait, I have a question for you. So first of all, I'm, I'm totally with you. As much as of a hair nerd I am, and I am a hair nerd. I love hair metal, but um, but I love Celtic Frost. I love Triptychon. So Triptychon here in LA at the Decibel uh, Beer and Metal Fest a couple mm, years ago, yeah. and they were fucking unbelievable. But are you a Celtic Frost fan? When you say they're your favorite band of all time, does that include Cold Lake? I freaking love Shit. Cold Lake. Really? <laughs> I, I, I don't even get started. I think, you know, he has kind of like distanced himself. Very you know, orchard. Yeah. What the fuck was I, I don't know. You know what? <laughs> I don't think they, I don't think he understands what's good about it. It's, it's their version of the elder. I think that they, he right. did it. And I remember talking to folks who were in that circle at the time. And they were like, he's trying to make a record that sounds like Dokken. 
<laughs> and he beat Dokken. I'd let, I'd rather listen to Cold Lake than Dokken any day of the week. <laughs> but um, I no, I, I I love everything they do. I love everything they do. I'm uh, them and uh, and Coroner. They're oh, the yeah. road, their road crew. Yeah. Um, I met those guys back in like '88 in in a small venue in Delaware. Great band. Um, but uh, but let's get back on you. I mean, yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about you know the chef stuff, right? Like, um. What's what's the best stuff to eat in Philly? <laughs> what's the best Philly? stuff to eat? Like in the places where oh you go and the places where we go. If you were to show up in Philly tomorrow, what would you go eat? <sighs> Is there like a thing that you're like, next time I get to this town? I mean, in Philly, you're going to laugh at me because it's probably not good. But it's just what I do. I eat a lot of I, bad food in Philly. I I go. I usually. I, so a friend. My my his name is Dave. My best friend Dave and I. The same guy we we're talking about earlier that discovered music videos all of a sudden this summer. Um, we kind of a tradition of ours is uh, at least once a year, sometimes twice a year, we find a band that we love and we specifically go to Philly. We take the train from New York City and we get a hotel room for the night and. Um, and we go to see the show. I think the last time we did it actually was Avatar in 2019. Um, and, but we always, we have the same routine. We drink at a place, I can't remember the name of it, but it's on it's right there on South Street. And then we go to Jim's for, for cheesesteaks. Then we go to that other place, I can't remember the name of it, that has the, the slices of pizza that are like like 19. Oh yeah, Lorenzo's. Lorenzo's, that, yeah. That, that, Drunk pizza. Drunk pizza, because <laughs> we're drunk at the end of the show. That's right. So so we do, we, we, we day drink. And then we go to gyms, then we go to the show, then we get Lorenzo's. That's like the deal. This is what we do. So it's almost probably from Philly might be a disappointing a answer, but that's what it is. <laughs> no, I'm not a gyms guy, but I know lots of people like gyms. Yeah. 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 Um, in, I could tell you more, really, like I spend most of my time in, in New York, Vegas, and LA. So I could right. tell you more about those places. But um, but uh, there's a place in Vegas called La Thai, uh that's off the strip that has got the best Thai food I've ever had. And I've been to Thailand. <laughs> and it, it's really it's just spectacular i mean probably the food in thailand was was better but it's very close yeah we've um, got we've got a cambodian place like that in philly we had some friends come from cambodia and they said this is the most most authentic cambodian food we've ever had and they said the only problem is we can't get food this high quality in cambodia so it's not really authentic right 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 yeah that would that would actually describe the place i'm talking about yeah. <laughs> hey let, let's go to con and we know you gotta go chris so let's oh, I, got, uh, I still got a little time i still got a little time okay all right, well, I have two questions that, that I want to ask. So I, I, kinda, I do have a call if I, in, in, in a little while, but I also said that at first in case this was not going well. If it's with Paul Stanley, if it's Paul right. Stanley, just have him join with. We'll be so drunk. I don't even know what the rules are for that. <laughs> Like well, it's, nice to, it's, nice, it's nice to know we're winning you over, Chef. That's awesome to hear. <laughs> um, so it, it, looking at your bands that you have currently, if you could poach a band from another label, if yeah. everything was just available, who would yeah. you steal? Orbit culture. Your Orbit, Orbit culture. Orbit culture. Orbit culture. Okay. Well, where are they currently? What do you know about them? What's they're on, I think they're on... Um, so they, their record Nija, N-I-J-A, came out in 2019. Um, they are very, the only way I could describe them is they're the they're the first band I've heard that you can hear 
Like, you know, when you, you know, you can say, okay, you can hear a band's been influenced by Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden's been around forever, or a band's been influenced by Slayer, Slayer's been around forever. This band, you could hear Gojira influence. Um, and it's the first band I've heard where I think it's really palpable, but they don't sound like Gojira. They sound, they really sound like the best of Metallica meets the best of Gojira. Um, the singer's great. Um, he's got a little bit of a Hetfield vibe, but he's also got a very, like, uh, deep, aggressive, throaty, guttural growl when he wants to use it. Um, the, the, they're immaculate players. Like the, the, the songs are fucking amazing. They're they're probably my favorite band that's not on my own label. Um, and they so they crushed it in 2019 with this with this um, record called Niger, which you guys got all of you have got to listen to tonight. And then they just released a new single and they're releasing a five song EP shortly. Um, I'm gonna look right now on what label they're on. I can't remember because um, I looked to see if they were something. <laughs> <laughs> and they were. Um, well, I'll tell you what, I've got them on right now, and they are brutal. This is sweet, great. Swedish. Yeah, they're su- yeah they're Swedish and um, Seek and Strike. Seek and Strike. Yeah, Seek and Strike. It's a it's a smallish label, but they're doing great things for this band. Um, they uh, yeah. Yeah, now they're even... good. Yeah, it's good Wonderful. stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. Send them a cake or something. Get them to jump ship. <laughs> right. Um, and Avatar are have become friends of mine. They're all vegans, and so they love me because I cook them vegan food whenever they they're in. Nice. You know, I'm in the same studio as. But uh, they're a, a band that I would love to I would love to poach. Oh, yeah. But you, that's another thing about Metal Blade, which I really respect, is we are not in the business of poaching. You know, we we, we do the best we can with what we got, and um, you know, God, you know, if another another label's got a great band, God bless. Well, you mentioned theatrics, and I'll tell you when you said Avatar, because I've seen them a couple of times. That is theatrics. Oh, they are they are amazing live. It is what it is a, it's a spectacle. It, yeah. it is really good. Uh, my other question then was looking at the future of metal music. Is it is it bright? Is it sunny? Is it a great strong future? Do you have any worries? Because we're going to lose we're going to lose some of the classic metal artists in the next you know five to ten years. And we've sadly we've lost a few just within the last six months and it's yeah. going to happen. How do you feel about the future of heavy music? Yeah, it's interesting because who are who are the the next, you know, it's, it's amazing that the, well, first of all, even bands that are just finding some success now um, are, you know, you could be considered middle-aged. And so it's, it's definitely um, what's cool. The, cool. the good news is it's a, it's a genre where you can play for decades and decades and decades and get better. You know, some of these some of these classic bands are making some of their best records ever in mm-hmm. their 60s yeah. and 70s, you know, um, which is really incredible. Uh, the other the flip side of that is, you know, who are who, you know, who is the next guard? I mean, I think Gajira is a band that will be uh, will, is, will sort of take the mantle at some point. Um, I do think this band Orbit Culture, even though not many people know them, have the potential to be massive. Um but uh, and I like this kind of. There's definitely been a resurrection of thrash. I think in the last you know four or five years. Obviously, Power Trip kind of made it even over the you know became kind of commercially su- successful with it. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of great thrash bands um, that are uh, that are out there. Um, and so I, I like that resurgence. I think music is cyclical. So I think that metal is is gaining in popularity. I think what I love about uh, what's, what's, there's more festivals now in the United States than there ever have been. They're still rather small when you compare them to the European stuff. Um, but there but there's more of them every year. Um, they get bigger every year. Um, and so I do think and, and, you know, if you listen to the people at uh, Revolver Magazine or um, or Gimme Metal, 
uh, Gimme Radio, you know, metal is like the most listened to music in the world or, or number two at, at worst. So there's a lot to be um, excited about, but I, I, I can't point to a bunch of bands that I would say are still going to be here in 20 years. Um, Metallica will still be here in 20 years, but I, I don't know. To I don't know so if any of the newer bands will. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, Thrash Chef. I was listening to War Curse on your label before we started yeah. the show. So shout out to those guys. That's some heavy, heavy stuff. I was really yeah. impressed. I've, I've been enjoying going through your catalog. I mean, what oh, a great you. bunch of bands. Thank you so much. Yeah. And we got a couple that we haven't announced yet either that are really, really great. Um, so keep your eyes out. Um, if anybody that's listening cares, you can um, you can get updates on. I'll just do it now on Instagram. Uh, it's Blacklight Media Official. Um, and on Twitter, it's Blacklight Rex. But we don't really use Twitter that much. Really, Instagram is the place, um, Blacklight Media Official, where you can find updates. And um, a couple of the bands that I can't talk about because we just haven't gone wide. We haven't announced it yet are, are in sort of that thrash kind of new th- modern thrash um, category. And I'm super excited about it. Yeah, awesome. it's it's really like the old school Metal Blade days where, you know, you could walk into a record store knowing nothing, but they're on the label. Yeah. yeah. And it's good yeah. stuff. It's uh, congratulations on that. I mean, I'd, I'd have to agree. You've got a great ear for artists because that that's a deep catalog <laughs> already. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool because, you know, I get to, 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 to work with bands that might not traditionally fit on Metal Blade. Right. You know, they, they might not it might not work as a metal mm-hmm. blade band, but as a metal blade, black, Le- black light media band, it works. So it kind of gives artists um, an opportunity to because you are a, you, when you sign to black light media, you are signing to metal blade. You just you just have kind of a different, um, you know, a, a different. Uh, well, you just get a different logo on your record. <laughs> That's pretty much <laughs> it. Different imprint. <laughs> right. So, so, Chris, like uh, as a celebrity chef and again, like most people would probably know you as that. So like, we wouldn't like do like another pop culture tip question. Like, so best food making movie or movie that features a chef. Um, or I don't know. I, I guess a lot of food movies to me are not, um, are not, uh, Okay, bring it. No, no, it, 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 <laughs> no, no, not, no, 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 no. I'm just, yeah. It, it's not realistic to me what goes on, but there is um, Frankie and Johnny. I, I'm, I, I'm going to say big, big night. I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting like chocolate or something. No, or big night. It, um, <laughs> there's one. There's, I think it's called. Um, hold on, I think it's called Dinner Rush. Um, is this the one? Yeah, Dinner Rush. It's um, it's kind of gonna, it's kind of an old school gangster movie it's got a goodfellas vibe but it's set in a restaurant um and like the chef's got a gambling problem um but there's a lot of kitchen scenes and food scenes uh, and it's a great movie so dinner yeah. rush bob bob giraldi directed that who also directed the videos for beat it and billy jean there you go <laughs> wow look at you yeah how bad can it be and hit me with your best shot bob was a big cat back in the day yeah so um, what would you think of that Favreau film, uh, Chef? I mean, I like the beginning. I like the beginning of it, um, but I didn't. It got a little too before he had the life change. Yeah, well, got a little, no, yeah, but, got a little too <laughs> romantic for me. No, but, but I think like like the, the whole thing, like it's it sort of like it got this sort of like, and again, like I don't know. We're not even going to mention guy fieri but i imagine oh, but like again he's totally cool because he has like the hard rock connection too uh misconception about 
the, first of all, I'm a huge John Favreau fan. I just didn't love that movie. Um, the misconception about Guy is everyone wants to like, you know, like pile on that he that you know this and that. But Guy has never ever came out and said I'm the greatest chef in the world. Guy has always owned the fact that he won, you know, next Food Network star, and that he's a food person. Guy's my fucking dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh shit! You like, have like a I didn't. I didn't like him when he when he replaced that? David Lee Roth and Van Halen, <laughs> and I don't really like him now. <laughs> that's good. Um, that's good. But, but no, I but, like but, Guy, man. Guy's cool. He's misunderstood. I think. No, but, he seems. Oh, no, no, and, and again, I don't like, think he really gives a shit what people think about him. So no, nice. bless. I, I, clearly, plus, clearly he's a Giants not. fan. Turn your shit around, Mike. Um, <laughs> I'm a Giants fan. Yeah, I wanted to just bring one thing up. Uh, of course. Uh, just because you asked about the movie and the dinner rush and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, Anthony Bourdain, everyone obviously reveres. And, he, and there's there's not, you know, the guy was, uh, you know, larger than life. But what a lot of people don't know is he wrote a book before Kitchen Confidential. He wrote a fictional book called Bone in the Throat. Mm-hmm. And it is also sort of a mafia kind of crime novel. Situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a crime novel set in Little Italy in New York. And it is fantastic so anybody that's an anthony bourdain fan out there um read that book it's really really fun i can't believe especially with his celebrity and uh, the unfortunate tragic ending of his life i can't believe no one's commissioned it into a movie yet because it's such a great book um but anyway that's that's that cool gotta be yeah, check that out yeah. give him time give him time and I, I checked out quiet punch by the way what a neat device yeah it's I gotta, cool i gotta order one of those that's really cool really really cool really it's like yeah. it's lightweight it's you know you Put it away yeah. wherever you want. It doesn't take up space. Oh. Um, and in the boxing space, it's rather inexpensive for, for comparative to other things. But anyway. And the podcast is Delirious Nomad. Yeah. Right? Uh, you and can find it at obviously the podcasts. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, we know all about your Food Network history and certainly can find yep. you there. Yeah. And my co- my restaurant company is called Tau Group, TauGroupHospitality.com or TauGroup.com. Um, you can find us everywhere. We have between uh, Tau Group and Hakkasan, which is our, our, our sister company. We have over 60 restaurants and nightclubs across five continents. So you're never far away from a Tower Group restaurant. So come come see us. That is that is amazing. So if that we want to if we want to stalk you, where are you going to be? Uh, just show up well, in Vegas and be like, Chris, call us yeah, to stop yeah. by. <laughs> yeah, Chris said, come here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm typically spend a, uh, 10 to 14 days a month between Vegas and New York. And then the other two weeks I live, you know, my, my home base is Los Angeles. Um, I just moved here last year after 28 years in New York, um, and it's great. I love it. I have a backyard and a pool and a big house, and it's fucking beautiful weather every single day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, enough of that. And I'm five, <laughs> and I'm and I'm and I'm from a five minute ride from the whiskey, so I, in the rain in the Rainbow Bar and Grill. Nice. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for listening to another exciting episode of Middle Age Metalheads. We are grateful to have welcomed celebrity chef Chris Santos to the show. On behalf of John Harden, Michael Stamps, Colin Bosler, and myself, David Timoney, we are the Middle-Aged Metalheads. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on the old Facebook box. We are out. <laughs>